are listening to Vendor Diaries Part 2, a podcast special on the Sweet Tooth Vegan. I am your host, Shalina, and thank you so much for tuning in. On February 17th, 2019 was the first annual Toronto Black Vegan Festival, and I decided to send an invite to the vendors that were there to share their experiences from that day on my podcast. So in this segment, I interview Melissa and Sheldon of East End Vegan, Odette of Beast Free, and Charlene of Melanated Vegan. I do have a minor disclaimer for this episode. So during this recording, I experienced a few issues with the audio, so I apologize in advance if it becomes a distraction. Um, I still have a lot to learn about audio editing programs, but nonetheless, I hope you enjoy these amazing business owners, what they have to say. So without further ado, here is episode 24, Vendor Diaries, part two. So this is Melissa and... This is Sheldon. With East End Vegan, and we make vegan cheese using almonds. And now it comes in five varieties, and we're just trying to make um, fresh, simple, and delicious vegan food accessible um, to people transitioning. Thanks, guys. And we'll go to Charlene. Hey, y'all. So this is Charlene from Melanated Vegan. And I've created a a vegan apparel line in August of last year. Um, I created the line in order to help inspire people that are either transitioning to the vegan lifestyle or are already in the vegan lifestyle and want to inspire others. Great. And we'll go to Odette. Hi, everyone. I'm Odette, and my company is called Bees Free. It's an alternative to honey. Number one, um, never really liked honey. And number two, what's going on with the environment and the bees. It's really important to me. I have children. Uh, this world is already a hot mess, and I'm just trying to make sure that uh, my footprint is a little smaller hmm. and I'm doing it uh, one nectar at a time <laughs> so thank you everyone for sharing and we'll just get into our first discussion point which is to share one highlight from from this event so we'll start off with Charlene um, so my highlight was um, being involved in the community, making sure that, you know, we have a voice. Um, I think it's important that um, us as uh, Black people help inspire others. This was the first of hopefully many events to see that our community can come together and share our knowledge I think it's very important I think that was my biggest highlight sharing you know our knowledge with the community mm. awesome and Odette what's one highlight that you experienced well I launched my company at the first annual Black vegan festival and overwhelmingly my highlight was being embraced by the other vendors and welcomed and given 
such amazing advice. I was nervous. I was a whole bunch of things. And I was just very grateful for the black community um, and looking so forward to doing so many more um, markets and, and with, with these people. I loved it. I, I love my people. I loved it. I, I can't stress how much it was the highlight. I still talk about it because I was so overwhelmed and it just, it was such a good feeling. Yeah, I, I totally can relate to that. This was technically my second event, but my first like big event. Um, yeah, and I, def- I definitely could relate to feeling that warm embrace by the people that came out to my booth. Yeah, it was, you know, there's nothing better than raising up our kings and queens and straightening each other's crowns. And certainly people hide me and it was good. I loved it. Nice. Thanks for sharing. And Melissa and Sheldon? Uh, so my highlight was pre- pretty much along the same lines. Like, it's just nice being in the community with everyone being so supportive and like seeing black people come together. Um, it changes the narrative of what black people can do. And so it was nice that we did this for ourselves, brought it together shared so much information supported each other like there was no hate from other vendors like you know what I mean like there was no tit for tat or anything like that um it was just good vibes all around and then in addition to that what you saw was allies also come out um and see that we're doing our thing regardless of whether they're here to support us in God and that sort of thing and I feel like it really changes the story for black people as a community um Mm, well said. That's a good point. Um, how about you, Sheldon? Okay, so I really enjoyed the people who came out. I met a few people who came all the way from New York, especially for this event. And the fact that they had tickets that were pre-sold and sold out almost immediately, it really was encouraging just to see the people who are willing to come. The first black event. And it actually made me want now to go seek out other vending opportunities in the States and around different places so we can experience the same kind of love other places. Mm. Wow. Charlene has some experience vending in the States, right? Yes, I do. Um, well, I have a lot of family in New York. I'm actually those there. So it's convenient for me to... Um, go down there and vent. So I did an event in um, January in Brooklyn and it was so crazy to see, you know, your Instagram followers. I came here just for you and um, it's the same sort of we get, we got at the event um, in February. Right, yeah. Yeah, so maybe, you know, um, you could you could kind of share, I guess, offline, you could share that information with East End Vegan, since they have it. Yeah. And me as well. That'd be cool. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Did I get everyone? Yeah. But yeah, I I totally agree and relate to what everyone said. Um, Overall, like... For me, I've not really been connected with the black community, even though I'm black. So like this was a very 
inspiring um, event and day for me. Um, and it just makes me want to connect more and serve uh, the Black community more and just learn from my people. Um, so we'll move on to our next discussion point, which is to share uh, one low light that you experienced from the event. So we'll start off with Odette. critiques or like um, anything that you um, found that needed that you felt could improve for the next event I think what I really wanted to get across in my logo and my product was an alternative to honey which honey there's there's no um, mention of honey in the name or on my logo so um, for the few little individuals that came up and kind of tried to attack me on that I think I just shut them down by saying okay so show me where it says honey and and that was about it you know I had that little eight by ten they're explaining what it is I may need to do a bigger one maybe at 15 by 15 but aside from that um you know that gave me like a learning curve make my sign bigger make the word alternative bigger but so that was about it. Okay. So, so what exactly is it made out of? So the Beast Free is made just out of um, two ingredients, the fruit juice and then the fair trade sugar, which I, I get from Brazil. And that's it. Oh. And it's made from, um, uh, so the, there's four flavors. The peach mango passion fruit is made from the juice, the pulp, and the nectar of the fruit. The guava is the same, and then the pineapple juice and apple juice is cold-pressed and made from the juice. And then it's just cooked to a reduction, and it gets to a consistency where when it's cold, when you put it in the fridge, it's got that beautiful honey consistency, and when you leave it outside, it's, it's horrible. But it's fantastic, and I'm not just tooting my own horn. It can be cooked and used just the same way, and... Um, that's it. You know, nothing is harmed in, in, in making it. Mm, pretty cool. That's interesting. Um. It's weird. I've been doing this for decades, and, and then my son asked why I'm not selling it, and I thought it was out there, but then I did research, and it's not out there. Oh, <laughs> wow. But, you know, the simplest things that you're doing at home, just eventually, now this is my business. Right. And it's a nice crossover, so I love the fact that I am plant-based vegan, and I love the fact that it's plant-based, but 
it's enjoyable by everyone and um you know i i have invitations extended to me to non-vegan um markets coming up which is really nice i i wanted to cross over i want people to realize that it sits for everyone and it's really good mm-hmm. that's awesome well big up your son Thanks. for like inspiring you to get out there and sell your product for sure i'm gonna <laughs> give you some recipes so you can use bees free in it <laughs> oh that would be awesome thank you i look forward to those recipes um so next we'll go to charlene so if you could please share a low light that you experienced at this event I think I'm the same as Odette. I don't really think I had a low light. I do probably wish it was, there were more people, like there wasn't a cutoff. Just because people were flowing in in and out during the day. So it wasn't just um, like a set, like it wasn't crowded all the time. And I think my only other, I wouldn't really, uh, I heard complaints that there wasn't enough food. Uh, so it wasn't, yes. it, it wasn't really low light for me, um, just because I was busy <laughs> selling my shirts. Um, that's what I heard from, uh, from a lot of people. There wasn't enough food. If I could just interject on that, um, we got an email, I think, two days before the um, event saying make more food. And um, right. I know that for me, like two to three days before the event saying make more was impossible. So, and I know that um, Hummingbird beside me, that poor sweet lady with her beautiful patty sold out in seconds because we just got all the information to do things a little too late. But yeah, a lot of people were very upset. Yeah, I think the problem problem was was, uh, the organizer organizer didn't tell people how many people they were expecting. I think that would have been that would have been a better option to tell the food vendors we're having this this many people, so keep too much food. Because my my person beside me, they within like a couple hours agreed agreed i would have um it would have been so much better if we were more informed um at an earlier date so i agree with you on that 100 percent. yeah i did hear that as well that a lot of the like main food food vendors they sold out quickly was um was it vegan tally or thai that was beside yeah they were they were right beside me, oh, and okay. they sold out within, like, three first three hours. Yeah, I heard that. He had to, like, go back mm-hmm. to his restaurant or something to get more food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It wasn't really a full night for me, but it was just a complaint that I heard afterwards. Mm. And I think, I guess... That will come with time, but it's true. They, I mean, I'm guessing the organizers didn't know what to expect, but at the same time, um, 
talking a little bit more beforehand would have definitely helped. Um, even after like the first wave of tickets had sold out, at least even communicating that part. Um, but just based on like my experiences with other like markets, I thought they actually did like a really really good job. Um, they're from like jumping ahead um, because they see any low lights either because for a first event you don't know what to expect and just to see something come together so well I, I don't really think there's anything negative I could possibly say about how it came together um, and then just in response or like hearing what Odette said about like people questioning the name Honey I never had that at this event which I really appreciated because sometimes you'll get people who are like oh can you call it a cheese and you're just like, whatever, <laughs> it's not a big deal. But, um, you know, like, the nice thing is it was a really good experience of finally being at a market where no one's asking me why I call this thing cheese. Um, have that experience with a few, but trust me, they don't even matter. <laughs> um, and aside from that, like, we just had a really good time. Honestly, every black market we've been to has been so much fun. Like, just looking forward to it because you just enjoy the whole experience. Yeah, I also didn't have any really big... The only thing I realized is we can carry enough product with us. So, yeah, it's a learning curve. We didn't know what to end. I think it goes back to the organizers not knowing how many tickets were sold, how many people to really expect. But the learning curve and now know this which is important and making it for everybody. Um sorry, are you done, Sheldon? I the last part I didn't hear. Sorry, yeah, yeah, I was that I was just saying we didn't make enough for everybody, but now that we know we know the learning curve, we can actually prepare enough for everybody. Right. So did everyone like out of the food um, people, did you guys all sell out? No, I didn't sell out. I sold a tremendous amount um, because I had. Uh, I'm a little OCD, so I'll, I'll come clean. So my idea of not making enough is making way more than I should, and I'm glad that I did because, like I said, because I launched, I wasn't sure what the response was going to be because you always think it's really good but then you don't know how the public's going to feel about it so i was lucky enough to um yeah just eight o'clock was a good time for me to stop because i probably would have if we had gone any longer so i was good but again um for my my learning curve i would probably do way more for the upcoming events yeah i think um for me, I think I made just enough because Charlene was actually the last, the per my last customer. Like she, oh yeah, <laughs> bought <laughs> the last four scones. <laughs> so and that was like maybe I don't know, maybe like thirty minutes before it ended, or maybe an hour before it ended. Um, I did learn one thing though. Before the venue opened, go to everybody and get your food because there's so many things that I wanted to get that I didn't get that yeah. I was like, 
so crushed. I mean, I had my son running to people and giving you guys little samples and stuff, but I was just like, I I need some stuff. So the next market, I'm coming in strong before those doors open to get my supply. <laughs> yeah. And I, for myself, I feel like I wish I had more time to mingle, like just with the vendors and just connect more. Because as soon as you stop at one, 20 minutes going into everything and then I missed my chance to see like all the other vendors I would have loved to connect it with but I guess yeah that's just life yeah I didn't get a chance to see um all of the vendors either I had to get to try the beef patties that I wanted to try um and then a lot of the food too my um my neighbor he said you know I see you're so busy so he gave me a, a food so that that was nice of him um and then you know as Shalina said I got her last four scones but that was like 30 minutes before um closing time mm-hmm. yeah those um patties were so good <laughs> I was actually able to try one um my mom she actually bought a few like at the beginning so I got to try them. It's filled with um, lentils. They're, they're really good. Yeah, those are really good. I was lucky to nab one at the very, very end because uh, I guess people. So I was the lucky person who got this one, and then me and Sheldon split it. But it was really good. Well, now I feel like you guys are showing off. <laughs> No, no, no. This is it. We're still happy. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm sure the, um, like, we could share these, this feedback to Joe, and I'm sure other people have shared with him, too, just make more food. And I, I like that idea, what you said, Charlene, at the beginning of, I think it was Charlene that said, um, like not to have a cap on the event, like of how many people should come, like a limit. I'm assuming that, um, I think we all were including the gentleman that put on this um, event that it was overwhelming. It was a lot of people came through. Like I, I was uh, overwhelmed and I was grateful and I was happy and I was happy for him. You know, like, I mean, City Pulse was there. Uh, people were coming in, like um, East San Vegas said, from out of town. And it was amazing. I think it being, I don't know if this was his first event or not, but I think um, next year when he does it, he'll be more prepared because um, I think uh, the people that regularly go to Witchwood Barnes, there were some individuals there that were there at 10 o'clock that, didn't know what was going on so it was just a mishmash of individuals that knew that there was an event there and then the ones that came because there was always something going on there on Sunday so yeah. I think it'll be a little more prepared because um yeah the crowd was diverse more diverse than I expected yeah, yeah. well the next well, event, the event is, is in September right? uh, and, it, and it's going to be inside and outside. outside is that the black owned one no, it's Joe's. It's the same okay. one. And when is when is that? I believe it's I believe September seventh. Oh, 
I have yet to hear, but looking forward to that one too. That's right after the giant Fetch Fest down at um, Queen's Gate. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Oh, yeah, Mel, Mel, Melissa was saying how it's the same day or same weekend. Yeah, because um, Toronto Veg Fest being the whole weekend, um, it's going to be. Uh, give me one second, guys. I think it's on the 6th of September. Yeah, 6th of yeah, so um, that one's too scary. The The amount that they are asking me to make is just, I need a factory and seven workers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I may have to bow out of that one. That one is just like, I can't see myself doing like 10,000 bottles. I just get tired saying 10,000 oh, bottles. Oh. Trust me when I say VegFest, like, okay, so because uh, we went that is the kind of festival where you make a whole lot mm-hmm. and in all honesty I, I basically you'll sell a lot if you're making hot food mm-hmm. but if you're selling a product people are there really just to test people are going there to eat yeah so honestly as much and I don't know if they told you to make a whole bunch, but you wouldn't need to. You could probably make the just a little bit more than you made for this event um, and be perfectly fine for the weekend. Because we went there thinking we need to make a thousand jars, ended up making so much and walking back with way more than we expected. And it wasn't like it was a bad price. It was just that people want hot food. Mm. They want free samples, and and you guys weren't really in a a good location either. That too, like depending on what side you're on, it wasn't like too busy. But then when I spoke to some of the vendors on the busier side, the ones who had like product, they also said that they didn't sell that much. But but not too much. So just a um, or just something to look out for when it comes to like festivals. Aside from like the Black Fetch Fetch, um, a lot of the times people are just looking to sample and eat hot food. So as a product, it's not always the best investment unless you're just doing exposure or looking for exposure. Because that's how we found it. Yeah. Well, hello, Joe. Give me a call. <laughs> September seventh. I'm free. Yeah. yeah. That's good feedback. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it was um, because I was on the fence about doing it. And um, yeah, that kind of gave me a finality about, yeah, I I don't think I'm going to do it. So. Yeah. And again, it's good for exposure, but you have to like, for us, it was a big learning curve because we learned that only at the Veg Fest that we're going in for, we only learned after the experience that this is more exposure than it is about making connections that really last forever or like really selling product, I guess I should say. Yeah. All right. Well, great discussion there. Um, so we'll move on to the final discussion point, which is please share one or two takeaways from this event or one or two things that you've learned 
um, that you could apply to your business to see it grow? takeaway that I'll take is um, just preparing in terms of what people can use the product with because I got a lot of times people are asking okay this is this tastes good um, how we'll, we'll be able to tell you no problem but it's really having visuals for people to come and see exactly what they can use it for and then they can they can let their imagination go from there especially because it's something that's not really out there at least in our community so it's really showing them how they can use it and how it can be best mm. used. Good one, yeah. Um, would be just seeing how like seeing how people come together, knowing that we could continue to follow this momentum. Um, and with the business, I think you don't really know your market until you go into the markets and then discover that there's a lot of people who need this. Um, so I remember, and they essentially were thinking, or sorry, not a business program, speaking with one person and they were like, so your target market is going to be like white, um, middle-aged uh, women who have children. And then I've gone to different festivals and events and now I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> so it's like really realizing, well, not even realizing because I'm so open for so many people, but seeing that as much as they may think that veganism targets white people, it's really veganism targets people who are trying to do better for themselves. And I think what we're seeing in um, the black community is a complete shift in how we do better for ourselves and that shows us that the target market doesn't have to be white right right yeah that's like um what i'm learning that's like a huge misconception um about veganism that it's a white quote-unquote white people thing Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah for too long (laughs) (laughs) not anymore (laughs) All right, but yeah, that's a that's a interesting um, point. Like to have, I guess, visuals or examples of what to use the cheese for. But I know on your um, packaging, you you write like it's good on bagels, toast. Yeah, you know it. Even though the packaging. This is what I've also discovered about people. Even if you write it down, most people will still ask you. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> write it so, to the face and they'll ask Yeah. You. Yeah. <laughs> oh, snap. So even though it says, I remember one time, sorry, random story. Um, I'm like, yeah, this is my almond cheese. And the girl's like, oh, so what's this made out of? thanks for sharing and then we'll go to Odette um what did I take away well I have to be honest I absolutely positively hate social media Sorry, melanated vegan. <laughs> Always giving me little tips. I don't have a TV. I don't do anything like that. But what I did say to everyone was please um, 
post and tag me. And so many of my stories or pictures are just of people posting and tagging me. So they're pretty much doing my advertising for me. And I'm going to continue (laughs) saying that because the majority of people took more pictures with my banner (laughs) than, than bought my product. And so I'm really grateful for that because they post it and they tag it and then I just repost. And I know I got to get my social media game up. Oh, dear. (laughs) I'll help you, girl. Oh, thank you, baby. (laughs) Because I just, you know what? I'm just like, uh, being on this apparatus is so daunting to me. It's just like, ugh. But that was such a great... um, uh, takeaway and it was uh, I think some of the best advice that I got like have people tag me um, I don't know if you saw my post today Jamaican Eat magazine has the picture of it and um, that someone else did and said tagged me on it and she's so sweet like the raw uh, what is her name the raw then to juice or just whatever her name is I apologize I'm butchering it but she sent such a gorgeous picture of the four pack that she bought and I reposted it and now it's in a magazine and I'm like, okay, thank you. That's awesome. So yeah, that's what I'm taking away. Continue, continue taking me on pictures of my product that you take. We have a picture coming soon. (laughs) (laughs) Good to know. Awesome. And then we'll conclude with Charlene. I'm going to say my takeaway is um, think about the ladies and forget about the men. Uh, (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) In terms of my shirts, so I made a whole bunch of shirts for the ladies and, you know, just a few for the men. And all of the men wanted shirts and I didn't have sizes. Um, so I think that it's takeaway. Don't leave the man them out of the situation <laughs> <laughs> because they're vegans too. Um, you know, my other path, he's, you know, he got me into veganism in the first place. Um, so I should know better. Um, but that was my one thing. I usually catered these. That's how I started because I wanted to inspire um, other people in our community. And I didn't think in the back of my mind that, you know, men, you know, I wouldn't want to buy the product too. So I'm going to have to try to do better with that. Can I uh, jump in really quick? Um, Sheldon tried to fit into the shirt. <laughs> and he's like, it definitely doesn't fit me. I'm like, oh, what is Stop. <laughs> and then I just see the shirt on the bed after. But yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, it's interesting because, um, I don't know, I, I guess this is maybe another misconception, but, like, from what I've experienced in my two years of, going on three years of being vegan, um, I don't really see a lot of male vegans. Maybe I'm just not exposed to them, but, um, 
like even just looking at my podcast and um, the guests that I've had on the show, like I haven't had a lot of males. Yeah, a lot of my customers are female, but mm-hmm. at the event um, in February, I had a lot of males. Really? That's great. I think for men, um, sorry if I'm cutting anybody off, there's such a, um, and, and this isn't all men, so I don't want to put them all in a box, but their idea of um, veganism or plant-based is so limited to salad that they're visual that I think they just need to see, uh, my, my partner included, um, you know, taste good. Is, is pretty much what they're concerned about. Well, what he's concerned about, but I think so many people in general limit their, um, are, they think it's limited like to salad and pasta, which is crazy. And I, I'm constantly explaining to them that it's not, but I find a lot of men that keep saying I can't survive on salad. And I, I just, well, I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, well, okay. <laughs> but there's, there's so much more that, um, you know, it's like saying to them, just, well, you don't think about wearing one pair of pants or buying one pair of Nikes. Why would you just think it's salad? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, primary explanations to these individuals about the different things that you can eat. And I'm at the point where I'm just like, I'm out. Peace out. <laughs> uh, speaking, speaking for myself, I've been meat-free for the last three years. And I'm slowly working towards actual recently cut out cheese out of protest and <laughs> um, decided to cut out eggs as well. So I'm working my way. What it was in the beginning, because that's exactly what you thought. It's like, what are you going to eat? Yeah. Uh, it's just salad or any kind of thing. That's not me. But you, you learn, especially if you're really trying to do it. Learning, you'll seek out options, and now there's there's a lot of options. I'm there is. Plant based options. Yeah, no, I'm just saying there's a lot of plant based delicious. So it's really just going out there and being willing to experience these new foods and these new these new restaurants. Because even Itel Vital still like the food there is amazing. Yes. So oh my gosh. It is definitely possible. Yes. Good for you! Yay! One down, a bajillion more to go. <laughs> They'll get there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, I I have no doubt, especially in the black community, because I say to people that although I came to Canada when I was very young, my community and my island was food was a Sunday. I mean, meat was a Sunday thing. We were far too poor to have meat on an everyday basis. So by the time Sunday came around, I would gladly trade you my chicken foot for your juice. So it was never something that it was constant in my life until we came to this country. So uh, my background is is mostly plant-based or vegan anyway, so it was pretty easy for me. And then as I came here and educated myself on the toxicity and this meat and the eggs and the dairy, it was a no-brainer to step back and say, I'm out. But it's not that easy for a lot of people because I know the additives they put in there, it's it's addictive, Uh especially cheese. Right. But one one thing, like as you're, as you guys are talking, I'm just thinking, like the, the Black Vegan Toronto Festival, the festival that we were just at, like, for people that are thinking about becoming a vegan, 
um, when they see our products and they, you know, get introduced to our businesses, I'm sure that it'll help their journey more. And like when we talking to them and connecting with them, um, not when they see like, oh, okay, other people that look like me are are surviving in <laughs> thriving, they could get inspired. coming to a close for this uh, podcast episode um, I just want to say thank you so much to all of you that came on and shared your experiences and um, I definitely feel like this collaboration I feel like we'll do more collabs in the future um but um, one, one thing I like to do at the end of my each episode is just to have my guests share their social media outlets for um, people that are listening that may be interested in following you guys. So we'll start off with Melanated Vegan. So you can guys, well, I can't even talk. You guys can find me on Instagram at um, Melanated underscore vegan. Or my Etsy shop, if you search Melanated Vegan. Awesome. And then Bees Free? Um, at Bees Free on Instagram. 
Instagram until Middle Nature Vegan helps me get more. Like <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm just at Beast Free. I'm working on a website because I, I post um, some recipes. I will be posting recipes, but it's just sheer laziness, to be honest. But I'm getting there. So for now, I'm at Beast Free on Instagram. All right. And East End Vegan? So if you look for East End Cheese, you can find us at eastend.vegan on Instagram, or you can go to www.eastendvegan.com. And that concludes part two of the Vendor Diary series. I would love to hear your feedback on this series so far, so feel free to comment through the platform that you're listening on. Or you can go to my website, which is thesweettoothvegan.com, and you could just click the podcast tab. Stay tuned for the final segment of the Vendor Diary series, where I interview Karen of Hummingbird Personal Chef Services. Thank you so much for listening, and take care.